0: It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors, Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and
1: Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn.
0: And friends. So, lots of tax changes are being proposed by Congress. But while we wait to see what happens, it's even more important that you make wise tax moves today. So, what are the top tax moves to make as you're nearing retirement? Our answers are. And more coming up. Here's here's the distraction. We've talked about this a lot, Josh. This
2: seems like wisdom he's shared many times in the show. You get these tax law rumors, changes, blah blah blah, and you freeze and you don't take action in your financial life because you're afraid you might take the wrong, you know, make the wrong step, the the next, you know, unwise step in your financial. <laughs> the life. next the, wrong step. The point. The point is, um, keep making progress in your financial life despite the distractions. We're going to help you with that today. If you have questions for the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call or send us a text, 574 222 2000. That's 574 222 2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, connect with us wherever you're at. Search the Wise Money Show and leave questions there as well. All right. So the original plan, guys, I'm just going to tell you the original plan for the show was all right, we're going to talk about the tax law changes. Well, they're not out yet. Like, and I have no idea when you're absorbing this, but it's been so, there's been so much drama, okay? So instead, all right, amidst all of that, say you're nearing retirement. And from what I've, from what I've seen, okay, labor force had this huge reduction during the pandemic. It's only come back about half. So we're, we're missing about half the folks, okay, that lost jobs and half of that half, do the math there, decided to retire. Mm-hmm. So more and more and more people are retired or about to retire, what are the big tax moves that you need to be thinking about on the cusp of retirement or soon
1: into retirement? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> starting with the, the first part of your question, what do you do right before retirement? My mind goes to what are the things that might go away once you retire? You know, you, you've got this narrow window of things that you can still achieve but once you retire, maybe they're they're no longer available to you. And depending on how old you are when you re, you retire, one thing that might go away is the HSA. Mm. Now obviously that presumes that you ever had it to begin with, because not everyone gets to contribute to an HSA. But uh, if if you have a high deductible plan and it's HSA eligible and you can contribute to this special type of tax shelter, this might be, you know, one of the last years, if, if next year is when you retire, this might be the last opportunity for you to stuff some money into this health savings account, where you're kind of almost prepaying or pre planning for some medical expenses that are going to come later on in retirement. And if you know that in that last stage of life, when you're in retirement, most likely you're going to see plenty of medical expenses they may even be escalating expenses why not pay for them with tax free dollars mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing if you can take advantage of it
0: yeah as i was preparing for the show today i was thinking you that you need a series of plans in order to get ready to retire. So you need a tax plan and we're kinda of talking about that right now, but you need a plan for your health care. You need a plan for your income. You need there are, there are a series of plans and that it needs plan to plan for
2: your investments with all the volatility we've had, right? I mean a right. retirement yes. is is an impetus, a reason why you've got to look at your retirement approach and say, what's the right plan? Right. Or, I mean, your investment approach. What's right. the right plan? And
0: so um and I, I met with a couple of folks in the last week um, for the f- first time they ever came in. One was a avid listener, and he's like, what you're talking about makes sense. And then, so we sit down, and we look at the six areas of financial planning, and one of the areas is tax planning. And I said, well, who helps you with your tax planning? And they said, no, 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 we don't get any tax planning. Our, we like our CPA, and they just tell us what we owe every year without an explanation. And so this is where... If there's no explanation for what you owe, there's 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 likely no curiosity about how you could either increase what you owe, if that's the right answer, or decrease what you owe. But as you get closer to retirement, and Josh is talking about the health savings account, which is a pre-tax account that you can save money into and pull the money out tax-free for medical expenses, that's available to you up until about 65 now there's some exceptions to that but it's available to you up until about 65. one of the things that we've seen and mike uh, has talked has just talked about this all of the folks that have retired there's been a little wave of retirement yeah that <clears throat> you're the <laughs> <laughs> just clear that excuse, i know i don't know what to do man <laughs> there's there's frog no there. <laughs> i know froggy froggy so uh what, but one what of the most uh, one of the most important things to do is have a plan for your medical insurance. Yeah. A lot of the folks that we're talking to today, they, they're presenting problem. They show up and say, hey, here's my problem. Healthcare. what do I do? I'm not yet 65. At 65, I get on the socialized medicine system. Um, Ted Foster doesn't like me referring to it like that, but <laughs> we're going to go with it anyway. So I, at 65, I get on the government healthcare program. Uh, But before 65, what do I do? And there is incredible, incredible planning opportunities. And it used to be you either needed to work to within 18 months of 65, or you were going to have a hard time finding insurance. And if you could, it would not be affordable. But... Um, whenever you need help, look to the government. The Affordable Care Act came out and said, "Hey, we've got affordable care for you." Do we ha- we need a cough button and a sarcastic
2: button. That <laughs> okay. well, no, ahead, that, that
1: Affordable Care Act, though, or Obamacare, as some people call it for you know slang, um, that that is the reason why we can't just say when you retire the HSA goes away. Because if you retire before age sixty five, and you have this period of time that you're being covered by a policy that you bought in the marketplace, you may be uh, choosing an HSA-eligible plan. So you could still be contributing to your HSA even after you retired, but you're not yet age 65. This was the first one on my list. I get us back on track. I mean, what Basically, what Kevin
2: shared is, listen, you've got multiple plans going on in your financial life at all times. Um, and they've got to be working in unison in harmony one plan that that's what you need that income plan that health insurance plan that tax plan that investment plan they all need to be working together and harmoniously kind of uh designed so that you're not doing something over here in this area that's going to kind of thwart uh making progress in another area okay going back to this hsa i i think that is that's the number one on my list as well josh is you're nearing retirement once you are off of an HSA eligible plan, you can't fund that HSA anymore. In fact, there are rules in the year that you transition as well. If you have an HSA, a high deductible health plan with an HSA, and then midway through the year you retired, trans- transition to Medicare or something like that, there's rules as to how much you can fund. So I agree, you got a finite window to fund this thing. But then second, we've done this strategy for folks where you get all the ducks in a row for retirement and you're just about there and they've been using their HSA to to cover their medical expenses and you realize okay guys we're pretty much at the finish line financially you're you've ju- you're just about there what are your thoughts on max funding this HSA and letting it sit in there, not using that for out-of-pocket expenses, actually using that, you're using you know, cash that you've got saved up in the bank, something like that, and let your HSA grow while you're still young, tax-deferred, tax-free forever. So I absolutely, I, I love this idea as one that you need to consider. So you gotta look at, are you qualified? Do you have an eligible, high deductible health plan? What's the strategy for when you transition off of that plan onto Medicare, something like that, make sure that you're contributing the right amount, enough, but not too much, and uh, and then what's your strategy for pulling those dollars out in retirement? Uh, it would make sense that you can use them for uh, your Medicare supplement, but you're not allowed to. Like that's the one that makes sense, and you're not allowed. You can <laughs> reimburse yourself for Part B which is weird. But anyway, so work with your CFP on that. And then lastly, you might want to consider transitioning money from your IRA to your HSA as well. So we got more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial
2: Group. All right, you're about to retire. your biggest financial decision of your life, most likely. You've got to look at how that decision impacts all parts of your financial plan. So you've got multiple plans all working together, specifically within taxes. What are the things you need to do? What are the tax moves you need to do at or near retirement to set yourself up for success? That's what we're talking about right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise
0: Money Show. Follow us there. Got some? Yeah, so your financial planner is working in the six areas of financial planning. We didn't create those. Um, those existed before us. But you have your present financial position, protection planning, think insurance and things like that, tax planning, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. And all of those areas need to work together because we're talking about tax planning that you need to do before retirement. And my mind goes immediately to clean up my balance sheet and you say well, wait a minute that's not tax planning that's present financial position and it absolutely is but if I clean up my balance sheet and I deal with the current level of debt that I have I change my income requirements and quite possibly I change them for the rest of my life yeah I feel like that needs to be that's on a repeater awesome. like that like so and there's this great
2: debate right now with interest rates being so low should you and I've done some videos on this next five step videos where listen you know if it's just math lever everything lever everything if it's just math Mm -hmm. but it's not you've got six areas to your financial life and kevin you bring up one that if you can eliminate a payment in retirement and you can do that near retirement or maybe in the early stages and say listen we've got our lifestyle covered with these sources over here we can go up to the 12% tax bracket or the top of the 22% tax bracket, drawing this big chunk out and throwing it down on the mortgage or freeing up a payment like that, something, I mean, it's not going to make sense for everyone, but you got to plan through that, do
1: that math. Well, how often do we uh, work with clients who are in retirement and we're doing tax planning and and you realize man, because of their lifestyle needs, they're having to draw extra money out of their retirement plans, and it's pushing them just over some magic threshold or just into the next tax bracket. And to to Kevin's point, if you didn't have to draw that money out to make that payment or to service that debt or whatever, then maybe you control the level of, of income by, you know, manipulating essentially how much money you pull out of your retirement accounts. And that that can accrue all kinds of tax savings to you over time if you can keep yourself pegged in the right tax bracket. Some people may be even getting away some years with no taxes because... They, they don't draw enough out to cause all their Social Security to become countable. And uh, be, before you know it, they're actually getting money out of the retirement plans with no tax at all. Right.
0: Yep. So you need a multi-year tax plan. Yeah. One of the things that your financial planner needs to do is create the multi-year tax plan. I actually want to go someplace else with that. But Mike, you had a comment? Well, I can't I can't think of a meeting that I've done
2: with a client recently. And, and our our team, we've got somewhere close to 20 CFPs in our team and, and myself and... Josh and Kevin, you know, don't don't meet directly with individuals one-on-one that much anymore. But I I can't think of a meeting that I was in with a client where I did not do a multi-year tax analysis. That's that's how important that is. And lots of high fives trying not to spread the poison ivy when we're looking at, all right, remember all those years where you were saving into this 401k pre-tax, avoiding 25%, and those couple years. Where your income got really big, we we're avoiding twenty-eight percent. We're drawing this money out at twelve, mm-hmm. and and look, we've projected out all these years until seventy-two, and you're on RMD and and with Social Security, you're going to stay in the twelve percent tax bracket. And odds are they're going to be creating new taxes on folks that have high income. It'll be they'll be very hard pressed to raise tax brackets and tax rates across the board. So you might be able to be in this twelve percent bracket. Forever, let's high five! Like so, it, that's big. That's a big deal, and we're using um, the, a multi-year income strategy or tax plat- strategy, and then Roth conversions as well. Like on the cusp of retirement, you need to build that multi-year tax projection.
1: Okay, can we go there because you just mentioned an important tax strategy that uh, the, the Roth conversion, where you basically say, "Hey, today I know I'm in a low tax bracket." I could pull money out of my IRA and move it over to a Roth IRA and pay this little amount of tax. Why wouldn't I do that? Especially if you did believe that you're going to stay in the low tax bracket forever. But here's the thing to not lose sight of. And this is kind of a somber thought, I guess. But if you are married, you and your spouse, between the two of you, one of you is going to have a longer retirement than the other. One's going to pass away, the other one's going to keep living on for some period of time. Don't know which, but one of you, you're not going to pass away at the same time, most likely, right? Yep. So when one spouse passes away and the other is in a surviving spouse situation, suddenly they're in a different tax picture. That year,
2: you can file a joint tax return. But unless you have a dependent child, which, boy, I would hope
1: not, your next year, you're single. That's right. Right? And every year after that, unless you remarry. And so those years that follow, you're suddenly in a higher tax bracket, potentially. And maybe you would be looking back and saying, oh, you know, back when we were in a low tax bracket together, I wish we had pre-planned some of our tax picture, looking long out into the future, not just taking it one year at a time. It's interesting.
2: There's the discussion. We don't talk about it enough on the show, just because of various things. But the pre-planning your funeral, those sorts of things. But pre-planning your taxes—that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, at, at on the verge of retirement, I mean, consider the Roth conversion if maybe you're you've transitioned into semi-retirement state, or you both if you're married both of you have been working and one of you retired you might be in a lower tax bracket maybe that roth conversion makes sense typically the roth conversion will
0: make sense early in retirement as opposed to right before you retire and it's it's possible right now if you're listening to this later the roth conversion might not even be an option yeah
2: it's crazy you, yeah, know, you the, know the the rumors uh, <clears throat> at least
0: up until the time we're recording have been
2: 400,000 that's the limit and to me I just think that's garbage sorry right, i'm just going to go on a quick because No, I thought it was 140. They've moved it down. Like, to me, this is the thing. They have the ability to put in these laws, and and that's their – they have the authority to do that. That's fine if they can get the votes. But what I don't like about 400 is they could wake up tomorrow and say, well, it's 350, and the next day it's 250, and the next day it's 100,000. And they have no incentive ever to move those numbers or adjust it. It just uh, stresses me out. But so I guess what we're saying, there's tax – changes being proposed some of these strategies might not be around forever or they might
1: go away for a little while and then come back And then come back yeah you know it wasn't that long ago that a hundred thousand was the limit and if your income was above that you couldn't do a roth conversion and you you know what i did a video on this you remember why they changed that why did that change
2: uh because they could 2008 (laughs) happened in 2009 and we needed to go into all sorts of debt to build the economy, to, to to grow the economy back, so they said, forget this limit. We want people. We want people to pay taxes. In fact, we want it so much we'll let you do a Roth conversion this year. You can spread the tax over too. And now, are we in more debt or less? Did we have to write a bigger paycheck to get out of this financial disaster than the last one? Yep. Yeah, it's not even close. And we're saying we don't want your tax dollars. It's crazy, crazy. Okay, uh, back in track. Um, the one of the other, at maybe the third tax consideration we'll pick this up here in a minute but that i would consider that we're in we do a lot of as people are near in retirement similar to that hsa josh is once you retire you can't fund that 401k anymore right and so in these last couple of years or maybe in your last year oh i'm going to drop this mike and then we'll pick this back up drop it mike (laughs) 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 maybe you go to zero paycheck Yeah, Maybe you fund Join the Zero Paycheck Club Maybe you fund your 401k, 403b, 100% Or I just did this with someone The payroll person didn't like it Okay, make it 92% or whatever Yes, you got to pay your FICA But what if you max fund that 401k, that 403b, that simple IRA Put all stuff, all of your paycheck in there And that last year Still work, but give up that income for that last year We're going to get into more of that and more Coming up on The Wise Money Show With Corhorn Financial Group
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
2: Got an upcoming tax rant by our very own Kevin Corhorn. We're talking about how to help, how what steps you can take right now as you're approaching retirement or in retirement What are the very best tax moves you need to consider that more? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com and all over social media. Engage with
0: us there, the Wise Money Show. All right, Kevin, lay it on us. Well, when you we're talk this is show about financial planning. One of the six areas of financial planning is tax planning. You so
2: clear that, th- clear that. I can't. Again. There's I don't
0: know what to do. I got to. Uh, <laughs> this is this is not a frog. This is like a, people are
2: driving around their cars. <laughs> a water buffalo. This is like a Galapagos there.
0: turtle in there. Okay, so I will. I'll do my best, and then you guys just start talking over me when it gets unbearable to listen to. Got it. Which is probably right now. Right now. So okay. Hey. Um, so when you think about it, when I am before I am retired, I have income. And the character and the nature of that income, for the most part, I'm paying taxes on it. It's earned income, so think I I get a paycheck, or it's passive income. I have a- I have dividends. Dividends, I have have a rental house, I have a whatever. So then when you look at, that's your income picture, and then you look at your income picture in retirement. And this is the whole plan. This is why I want to have a multi-year tax plan, because I want to say, what will my income sources- be in retirement and what will the character of the taxation of those income sources be in retirement? So that's income, but I want to I if if uh, and Mike has allowed me a little rant here, if I'm going to rant, I want to rant about your expense picture because the interesting expense that might need to be adjusted going into retirement is the the ex, the line item on your expenses that says kids or dependents. yeah. Because a lot of people, and our job is not to make value judgments, and this is not a value judgment. A lot of people financially support their adult children and or grandchildren in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I'm just saying have a plan for it. Because a lot of people don't necessarily have a plan for it. Their plan for it is, uh, hey, honey... Mikey called last night at 10.30, and his car broke down, I think, for the last time. Can can we send him $6,000 to get a car? Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not a great plan. And so one of the things that we have been kind of focused on is we will meet with clients, and they have, um, I don't know, they they have considerable sums of wealth. And then as you look at estate planning and you ask them, Hey, if you two are gone tomorrow, and you have ten million dollars, and you have two adult children, and they each got five million, are your adult children equipped skill wise to handle five million dollars? Most of the time, some of the times, the answer is yes. Sweet, good job. Um, most of the time, the answer is well, probably not. That that probably wouldn't help them at this point. Um, they would need to either get that over a period of time, um, or or some something like that. So uh, what we encourage people to do instead of sending Mikey the six thousand for the car, because he wasn't able to plan for it. And it's and you think, well, Mikey has a car problem? No, Mikey doesn't have a car problem. Mom and Dad have a car problem, and they have to solve it for Mikey. And I'm like, well, then. Mikey really has a financial planning problem. So we've had lots of clients take us up on, hey, the level of support that you might want to consider for the kids is hiring a financial planner for them. And at Core Financial Group, we're stratified. So um, our our more senior advisors have been doing this for a long time, Um, tend to work with older clients who have more complicated financial lives and more resources to deal with. And we have a number of younger advisors who are newer in their careers, but very capable and very competent. And they actually like working with these younger kids. Upstarts, yeah. Yeah. Getting started. Who need foundational level skills so that in the event something happened to mom and dad tomorrow, they could handle that $5 million windfall without being wrecked. Yeah, in yep. some way, shape or form.
1: Yep, you know, sometimes uh, there are folks who come in whose generosity towards their kids maybe also outweighs their own financial resources. And it, it's possible that giving away too much money too early can actually bankrupt your own retirement. And your kids are dependent upon you almost, or maybe that wasn't your intention. You've kind of just intended to to bless their life, but it in some way makes them dependent on you. And it's causing you to someday maybe need to be dependent on them. And are they going to be prepared and ready to bail you back out if you've gone too far? And, and so anytime you're building a plan for giving, I, I think that needs to be baked into your overall retirement plan. Yes. You know, it, it's really no different financially. Uh, w- whether you give money to a charity or to a child or a grandchild, it's the same as just spending the money effectively. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And obviously, it, it has different implications in the lives that you're trying to bless. But for your financial life, it's as if you just went to, uh, you know, on, a, on an extra vacation, or you bought an extra car or something, that money's gone, and it can no longer serve you down the road. And so the question is, can you afford to keep on giving in this way? Can you afford to give that lump sum? What's it going to do in the long run? And so we always encourage people to look at gifts like that. Uh, from the perspective of is it sustainable and is it the most tax-efficient way for you to pull it off? Yep. And uh, that's why you know e- even something as simple as giving money can have implications all over your financial life, and that's why we consider it more of a financial planning question than it really is just a a life question or family question.
2: All right. So there's the there's the rant. Back back to the show. We so if you're if you're at retirement near retirement or early into retirement you've got to first look at hsa is that available to you you've got to consider how can you maximize that the funding of that hsa before you're unable to do so next you've got to look at drawing retirement dollars out at a certain time to make sure you stay within certain tax brackets or preferably doing roth conversions the one just before the the last break we're talking about right on the cusp of retirement this might be your last time to stuff a bunch of money into your workplace retirement plan whether that's a 403b a, a 401k a simple ira something like that and i said if you can budget it hopefully you can max out that contribution even if that means you know if you've got um you know if if the the husband is transitioning part-time into retirement and his income is only 15 grand for the year put 100 percent of that money into the 403 into the 401k um, your limit for that contribution is is still what is it twenty six thousand? It's going to change in twenty twenty two. That includes catch up. But if you only make fifteen grand, you can put all fifteen thousand in there. If you make thirty grand, well then that limit is twenty six thousand um, for for twenty twenty one. So consider max funding that retirement account, Kevin. We're not going to get into it right now, but if you've got a four hundred three b and you haven't been maximizing your contributions there is this weird rule that you'd almost, you'd look at it and you'd say, no, no, no. <laughs> who made, who came up with this? Where if you haven't been max funding it, you can actually do a, what is it, five-year catch-up? You can do a catch-up into your 403B uh, all in you know one year to catch up on previous year's contribution limits that you didn't meet? Something like that. Is, is, do we need to go any more detail? No, no, no.
0: What you need to know, if you have a 403B and you've been working for a while and you're over, I think it's 55, um, there are options for you to save more money. And a lot of times people are like, well, if I save more money, I don't have any money to live on. Well, you there. there are ways to play the shell game within your own financial life to facilitate that.
1: We've watched that happen with inherited money before. Yep. Uh, there's there's ways to get major dollars stuffed into a 403b on the eve of retirement, and sometimes it can make the difference in someone's success or uh, falling short in retirement. Oh, so those are so those are the tangible, some of the tangible things that you need to consider, but
2: not outside of the context of a comprehensive financial plan, custom built for you. And I would argue you also need to have that multi-year tax projection built as well. All right, we've got more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corehorn Financial Group.
0: This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
2: Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, you can follow us, subscribe, whatever you need to do on podcast. You can speed us up, slow us down. Rewind. I don't know what you want to do, but just search the Wise Money Show. <laughs> subscribe to us there, and if you do so on podcast, I'd invite you to rate the show and leave a comment. We we appreciate that. All right. So before we transition into listener questions, just want to put the wraps on. You know, more more and more people are retiring right now. Part of that's demographics. Part of that's COVID. Part of that is you know, asset prices are all time high. so people are oh, well, what's possible, right? Um, what are some of the tax moves that you need to be making? On the verge of retirement or early in retirement, we've hit what four or five of them so far.
1: There's one that at the break, we all said, "Oh, yeah, we haven't hit this yet." Josh, what is it? well, this this may be one that you need to be thinking about long before retirement because throughout your working career, I think it's important as you're planning for retirement and as you're utilizing tax shelters, to, yes, have the current year's tax plan in mind. Have a tax projection, let it determine whether or not you should be throwing money into a 401k or should you use the Roth feature if, if your plan has that. All of these have implications in the tax year that you're earning the money and making the contributions. Um, it, it could influence whether or not you're hitting certain thresholds or losing certain tax benefits, that kind of thing. But don't lose sight of the long-term as well. and. When when you get to retirement, I'll, I'll just say that my observation over the years has been that the folks who have the most solid retirement plan, the best game plan, or have the most uh, flexible approach to retirement are those who have multiple types of retirement assets in place. Kevin in the last segment talked about uh, planning and diversifying your income streams. Well, this is one of the ways that you do it. If you have money in a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, and some money outside of a, in a, a retirement plan altogether. You've got lots of different pools or wells that you could go to to draw money up out of in retirement, and which of the wells you go to determines what the tax impl- implications will be in retirement. And uh, one, of, one of the best types of planning that we get to do is helping people just know how do you draw out of these investment assets when the time comes? Because there's major tax implications. I wish I could rewind that, Josh, and,
2: and listen again. Because what you said, I, I want to say it in reverse as a choice. Uh, you said something to the effect of what, which account you draw out of determines your taxes. No, no, no. What if you want a certain tax outcome? You're shooting for a certain tax outcome. Okay, we're going to be in the top of the 12% tax bracket. Or we're going to be this year in the top of the 22% tax bracket. Or we're going to have some capital gains that we need to harvest, so let's stay well below that 12% tax bracket so these are tax-free. You define your tax outcome that you want, and that drives which account you draw money from. Well, listen, if if all the money is sitting in a pre-tax 401K or pre-tax IRA – No dice, you know, and that's That's fine. That's fine. If you're prepared, your retirement plan works fantastic. But if you were strategic along the way and you said, yeah, this seems like a high tax season that we're in, we're funding pre-tax, pre-tax. And then all of a sudden tax laws change or job changes or whatever. And you say, all right, now let's start funding Roth or let's start funding after tax. Then you've got these wells in retirement that you can draw from to create the tax picture that you want.
1: Well, and you just hit the the nail right on the head. You said sometimes tax laws change, sometimes your life circumstances change. And that's why the more flexible your overall retirement nest egg is, having options on how you draw out of it allows you to be adaptable as life changes throughout retirement. Yep, yep. So, okay, so the HSA,
2: considering that tool, um, picking when you want certain, when you want to pay taxes. So Roth conversion, that sort of thing. Um, we talked about uh, the, um, oh my goodness, what was the third point we were talking about? Oh, oh, max funding your 401k, your, yep. your retirement account, and some special rules with the 403b. And then we just talked about tax diversification. Anything else that you, you'd hit? Yeah, I, I
0: would say clean up your balance sheet. And, yep. and I would also say when you take Social Security it has a big impact on your tax situation potentially.
1: Absolutely. Uh, The last thing I would add is uh, really pointing to the habit of tax planning or the systematic approach to every single year analyzing your tax picture within the context of a financial plan. So before you get to retirement, if you don't have that relationship in place, that, that person or that team that you go to to help you analyze what should your next move be, um, you, you need to get it in place and start getting into a normal annual or semi-annual rhythm of reviewing that with a professional. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds geeky. And if you're
2: not into that geeky stuff, hire a geek. I mean, we love that. <laughs> we I love that stuff. You should be looking at your tax situation every single year saying, is it still pre-tax or is it Roth? Some weird combination of both for whatever reason? Should we do after tax? Like that's a that's a decision you need to make. Don't just put that on autopilot. So I hope that helps. And proactive tax planning, that's the name of the game. Got several questions from fans of the show, and I'm just looking through the list here. And uh, there's several with taxes. So uh, how about this one here? This came from a video we post on the YouTube channel about inherited IRA rules and so on. Um, How's the federal inheritance tax exemption work for the first uh, 11.7 million and does that apply to ira's 401ks
1: you want to hit that one yeah uh, you, you, get t- you can start well i i think the thing to keep in mind is um that there's two types of taxes that can apply when someone leaves behind an ira or a 401k um the, the question is, well, does the recipient or the beneficiary on that account have to pay a bunch of inheritance tax or estate taxes is, is the maybe better term to use there? And the, the question is, it just depends on, well, how much money are you leaving behind? Is your estate going to be taxable at the federal level? That is a different question than will your beneficiaries have to pay tax on this money? Yep. And, and when we say pay tax on this money, we're talking about income taxes. Throughout your lifetime, if you've been contributing to a 401k, chances are you've been doing most of that on a pre-tax basis. In other words, you didn't pay tax when you earned the money and stuffed it into the retirement plan. It's been growing in that retirement plan without being taxed. When it gets pulled out, whether it's you during your lifetime or your beneficiaries after you're gone, someone's going to pay tax on that money. Income taxes, that is. And uh, so that doesn't go away. There's no 11 whatever million dollar exemption on income taxes. Right. It's going to get paid unless some portion of it gets left to a charity who doesn't pay income taxes. You know what part is going to avoid income tax?
2: Money in the Roth. So be thinking about, especially those of you that, you know, maybe are well into retirement and you say, well, geez, this show about tax moves to make when I retire. That was a decade ago, guys. Thanks for nothing. Um, Maybe you You should be considering this. What are this, some of these tax law or tax strategies you should, you should consider right now um, at this stage of life? And then for those of you listening that have mom and dad that you're dealing with, uh, I mean, sadly, sadly, a longtime client, friend. I think we were serving, I mean, we served the family for over 20 years. Served her individually for, I believe it was 13 or 14. I fought, she's a fighter. Had all sorts of health issues and finally just passed and when the son called me and said hey listen it's time you know mom's mom's done fighting and she's home hospice you know anything we need to do said well what's mom's income this year did she sell anything whatever and he's like no you know we did the property sale last year blah blah i said all right let's convert 80 grand you know, let's, let's get to the top of the 12%. And honestly, we could convert even more to the top of the 22 I know your tax situation, son, your sister's, I don't know. Um, I would consider converting even more. And he said, no, let me talk to sister. And he called me back and said, we're going to convert up to the top of the, the 12% bracket. Okay, great.
1: If you don't know what that word convert means, Mike's referring to a Roth conversion where they move money from an IRA to a Roth IRA and basically pay the tax at mom's tax rate, so that when the kids inherit it, m- maybe weeks later, um, they're receiving it tax-free.
0: Mm-hmm. And Mike, you said if you're a decade into retirement, you know, I, do you need a tax plan or not? And, and you're saying you do, and I'm saying, of course you do, because here's why. I can't tell you how many folks will meet where it's usually the children saying, hey, can you look at my folks' stuff, and the Parents are paying zero federal tax. Yeah. So if you can look at your tax return and and you have IRA money and you're paying zero federal tax, there's something that needs to be done yesterday. Yep. All right, I already got two questions here.
2: I, I tell you. So uh, we got we've got a couple videos like old like where the you know they're grainy <laughs> like you don't want to really watch them uh, because it's older video equipment and whatever. But that. Get a lot of traction, and one kicks up a lot of questions. And it's the Roth IRA tax trap, Roth 401k tax trap. So we got two questions here. Hmm. One says uh, it's from Matthew on YouTube. Hey, my dad's advisor says that the Roth IRA rule with the Roth 401k tax trap—that's not true. So what should he do? Open an IRA, a Roth IRA anyway, or find a new advisor? <laughs> so can we explain this real quick? Like, so so there's there are two five-year rules when it comes to the Roth IRA. There's a five-year rule for uh, having a Roth IRA and being eligible to draw the earnings off of that Roth tax-free. Most people just think, well, you gotta be 59 and a half. Uh, Well, I know, but you also have to have a Roth IRA for at least five years. And no one ever thinks about that because of course you're gonna have a Roth IRA for at least five years. And so that's one uh, five-year rule. The other is on a Roth conversion. Um, and we're not going to get into that right now. But buried deep into the abyss of the internal revenue code, based on interpretations, does having a Roth 401k satisfy the five-year rule for the Roth IRA? And based on our research, it does not. And so the point is: if you don't have a Roth IRA and you have a Roth 401k, you've been funding that thing, all that, you know, and then and then you retire. And you roll that Roth 401k over to a Roth IRA, and you say, "All right, time to take some money out." You haven't met the five-year rule. Now I'm. I hope that they clean this up because I think it was a mistake. But from from what we can see, that's a trap. Like mm-hmm. that's a trap. So you're talking about this, like, "Hey, dad's advisors arguing." Guys, I've gotten a lot of calls where advisors disagree, and I just send them the research and, like, "Okay, you figure yeah, it you, out. You
1: interpret. Go, go for ahead, your clients." But, but to me.
2: What's the risk, and what's the cost? Well, the cost is open a open a Roth, put fifty bucks in there, and stop, stop worrying about it. Right? It's not worth
1: arguing over. Just do it anyway. Right?
2: Exactly. And so, uh, and so, I did have someone, George, uh, who's fantastic, gotten to know him quite a bit, and he said, "Well, wait a second, I make too much money to do a Roth. Okay, convert fifty bucks from Mm -hmm. your IRA. Be willing to pay fifty, pay tax on fifty dollars this year to throw." a little bit of
0: money in your Roth, and then done.
2: You don't need to worry about this anymore.
0: And just make sure that you know the parameters of that Roth IRA, that it doesn't have a $29 a year custodial <laughs> yeah, fee. that's right. <laughs> exactly.
2: All right. I hope that helps. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group.
0: Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business has Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC, and Silver Oak Securities, Incorporated companies are unaffiliated. Yeah, but dude, by far the best food ever created was pizza rolls yeah like no oh, yeah. i mean you, you and there were never enough of them no i like know. mom would put the, the the pizza pan in the oven and she'd bring them out and and there were there were 15 of them and there were five of us so you get three and it's like are you kidding me i could eat all 15 of those <laughs> and things. one of those is hot lava the other are frozen <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <laughs>